No, no, I'm pretty sure you're both full of shit, actually. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to the Ringo Zone. Oh, are we recording? Yes, we're recording. <laughs> oh, that's our neat. intro. Is it? What's your name? Max. I'm the other guy, my name's Gerber. <laughs> Alright, last person. Oh, Caitlin, we're talking about Storm in the Room! <laughs> yeah, we got an episode really to talk about, and I got some chili to get to, so let's do this. Okay, Stephen and Connie hanging out in a house. Stephen's still not dressed. Come on, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, still not dressed. Um, Although I guess it was only, like, it's only been, like, an hour since he got back. That's enough time to get out of your fucking prison uniform. His slave outfit. So, uh, so Stephen did break out of jail, but here's what I'm saying. I break out of jail. Priority number one. Get somewhere safe. Priority number two, get out of these so clothes. So don't look like you like, came from a jail. Well, you know, Connie hung out at his house for several more hours because she couldn't get in touch Just with say, her mom. Just hey, Connie, can it get like five minutes to wear real clothes? Well, no, my, the thing is, is that maybe they're really comfy. I mean, I guess. Like, they're like space fabric. Maybe they're just, like, really nice. No, I don't know, because at the end of the episode, Greg is pretty fucking stoked to be back in jean shorts. Yeah, this ties into an argument I had that had to do with the uh, Space Lars preview that was at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where'd the cape come from? Actually, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. I mean, I don't think I've watched it, so... Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about it, but... Okay. The, ar- the basic argument I had was, do gyms wear clothes? And my argument is yes, but it's really a rare thing. And uh, my friend had an argument that they don't and never have. And I'm like, then where did Lars get cape? And where did slave human clothes come from? Uh, yeah, that's true. The gems definitely have textiles just so they can wear stuff that's not part of their natural color set. Yeah, exactly. We are flowing so well tonight. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so, Dr. Maheshwarin, fuck, fuck that other doctor, like, uh, what right, was his that name? Guy, I don't remember, I hate him, though. Stromberg. 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 Fuck Dr. Stromberg for not having his shit together. Like, come yeah, on, seriously. you got a medical degree. Why does she have to cover for you again? Come again. on. Again. She is a child. Her life is priorities outside of this hospital. Um, you are Polish and or Jewish. <laughs> Get your shit together. Yeah, like... You're making the rest of us look bad! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I agree, I agree, Max. Um, so, this took a long time. Like, there there was a lot that took place before getting to, like, the actual really good part of of the plot of the episode, I Mm -hmm. feel. The thing is, though, the plot of the episode, because I said this during the watch... I'm amazed it took Steven this long to, like, manifest his mom in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does forget to float half the time, so maybe he just doesn't think things. I mean, he doesn't think things. That's empirically <laughs> true. But and, like... and just like Jello Apocalypse states in his video about Steven Universe, the show garners mystery by not having Steven ask any substantial questions whatsoever. Yeah. That's true. That's right. <laughs> is that the is that the crystal gems? The crystal yeah. gems. Oh, I I think I watch that video about once every two weeks. An armrest <laughs> who's purple. Yeah, armrest is a terrible person. I don't agree with his with his video about Adventure Time, but I do agree with his video about Steven Universe. I don't even remember the Adventure Time one. Perfect because I don't watch Adventure Time. You so should. His you should because it's good. That is a surprise. 
I, the reason I haven't watched Adventure Time is the same reason I haven't watched One Piece. It's like 50,000 entries of this thing that's been around for a while, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know what to do there with this. There are a lot of episodes at this point. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just like, yeah, I binge-watch all, like, nine seasons of Frasier and then all nine seasons <laughs> of Cheers on Netflix. Like, what are you talking about? This is not yeah. an issue. <laughs> I, I also binge-watch, so, so Also, I, I guess I wasn't supposed to watch Frasier before Cheers, but I did. Whatever so, it, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I wanted the maximum amount of Kelsey Grammer as soon as possible. Wow, who can blame you? That's a sentence. That <laughs> I want all I of mean, Kelsey Grammer. Give who it. doesn't? Kelsey Grammer is amazing. I want to make sure you understand me. What you might have heard was "give me a lot of Kelsey Grammer," but what I really meant was "give me all the Kelsey Grammer you have." <laughs> And with a solid Parks and Rec reference, we we go back into the Steven Universe episode that we have a review podcast for. (laughs) After getting past the the initial bullshittery to start the episode, we we leapt into the content so speedily. I was like, oh, good. We're going to stay on task this time. No, no. (laughs) No. All right. So episode. Um, the point that I made shortly before this, like, six-minute tangent was it took a long time for them to get to Connie going home. And then after that, it took a long time for Steven to get to going into the room. And then after he's in the room, it took a long time to get to the whole point of the episode, which was the confrontation with, with, um, I guess himself in a way, but the confrontation about Rose with, with the room's version of Rose. So it's almost like he's trying to avoid it subconsciously. Okay. All right. You know what? That's a good point. (laughs) I, I was actually really prepared to be angry about it, but you kind of, you kind of just smacked the dick out of my mouth. And (laughs) like, now, now I have to agree with you. Yeah, that's, that's a really good way of I looking like at it. I like how in this scenario, you're just begrudgingly sucking this dick. I mean, I'm assuming neither one of you have ever done that before. It's it's never not begrudgingly done. <laughs> so, Steven Universe. Let me begrudgingly suck this mommy issues dick. Uh... You, you, you mommy Wait. issues dick? I feel like there's Wait, several no, problems no, shut with up, that it's statement. Fine. Do you have mommy issues? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Connie, Connie, and Doctor Mahesh were gonna have like actually a really nice, sweet, genuine moment where it's we discover that it's just like not always one sided that that Doctor Mahesh is is constantly worried about Connie. It does go the other way, and Connie was worried about her mom. So that was nice because I don't think we've ever seen mm-hmm. that before. And I appreciate it. It shows that their relationship is evolving. You know, they showed that no, Connie does actually like take after her mother and care about her mom and stuff like that. It's um, really, it's a nice, sweet moment. Meanwhile, Steven is just like questioning everything he knows about his mom. The way that uh, they frame that whole discussion is it's Connie and Dr. Maheshwaran with Steven in the middle in the background mm-hmm. watching. Um, it's really framed well, like visually. I don't even think this is the first time oh, it is that that has happened. I think I think in Nightmare Hospital they had the exact same shot. Every yeah, every single time, uh, Miss or Doctor Mahesh Warren and Connie have like a moment. Stephen is almost always there, and he there's like there's this intentional disconnect visually and like thematically yeah. within the episode. And it just kind of comes to a head at this point. It's it's a constant thing for him, and I, I like. 
in other sort of like if this was not written by like the people that are writing it now if it was written by a less talented group of people it would feel really ham-fisted but like it's done just enough times that it feels natural that like this is a recurring thing that steven has to deal with it's like just something they like to highlight but not draw too much attention like like if you're just focusing on the two characters talking you won't really notice it whereas like a less talented writer would just, like, have a big neon sign flashing that says, like, eat shit, orphans, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that, like, that's exactly how it works. Like, any other not-talented writer doing scenes like this would really drive home the whole Steven is only thing. But they make it work because, like, writing-wise, they focus on Dr. Mayshward and Connie, but visually, they just sort of, like, they, they dangle Steven in the scene. It doesn't feel as obvious. Have we seen Steven in the past be alone at his house and talk to himself yeah yeah he, does, does he once not or usually talk to himself when he's alone he definitely speaks when he's doing things like making food or um yeah. when he's like on watch for the robinoids yeah mm-hmm. and i know this is going like really far back but through but like together breakfast um he was like talking to himself the entire episode i think until he runs into amethyst um, oh oh um Little side note, I'm sorry, I just gotta do this because I will not remember to talk about it again. Those of you who follow us on Facebook might have noticed recently I posted a picture where I made a to- uh, together breakfast. Uh, it's not great. Really? <laughs> Popcorn and whipped cream are not meant to go together. Huh. <laughs> Alright, so let's get okay, so let's get to Steven talking to fake Rose. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, well, we were talking about Connie was, and her mom was, and framing I making, Steven. I wanted to make a point oh okay about steven talking about steven not talking to himself during this really long sequence up until um up until he confesses like wow i really wish that i knew anything and the room opens for him uh Mm -hmm. we go through like several really um like precise types of of stage businesses business business with <laughs> with with Steven where it's like the the entire sequence before he even started making all that food where he was just like standing looking at himself in the mirror with the shower warming up and uh taking the the weird earrings out um which I feel like was really significant but I don't really know what it means um just the the fact that he'd Wait, worn what you don't know what what the, the little voice earrings that he that he like kept them in this whole time and then like we like really clearly saw him deliberately take them out one at a time and then leave them on the sink i think this kind of has to do a lot with like steven growing up but i think this ties into like a really like resonant thing that like humans kind of have a problem with and it's like without specific forms of stimuli People are kind of left to their own thinking devices, and they're just like, God, I'm trying to find a good parallel to this, but it's like, the only thing that's coming to mind is that old 21 Pilots song, Car Radio, where it's just like, without like something like to distract your brain, nothing stops it from just like going to like these different mental places and just thinking mm-hmm. about like all these, like the, sh- the shit that you normally don't want to think about and when you don't have those distractions like Steven talking to himself or doing something, which is why he was like trying to do stuff with Connie the whole time is because shit, I've got this existential crisis brewing in my brain. Let me play card games to distract it or play Mad Libs. And with it, with Connie gone and without like some level of stimulus distract him, his brain is just like on overload with all this uh, gem mom shit that's happening inside his head. Yeah, like he he has nothing left to think about other than 
what he has been avoiding. Okay. Exactly. All right, I'll buy that. You're 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 making me buy a lot of stuff tonight, Guru. <laughs> um All right, anyway, so so we actually get to the room and Yes, please, let's. I'm I'm a little sad that the pink whale didn't make an appearance um cuz I am especially fond of the pink whale. Yeah, but we did get that sweet new cloud. Uh so we get we get uh kind of like a doped up looking rose like did anyone else like she there's some morphine pumping oh, well just uh, just during like her big monologue about sports which is just like alterations of her big monologue yeah. about humans yeah. from her video like in, in that they're definitely going for like kind of a goofy buddha thing i think i think what they were going for is that's literally not rose that's just everything that steven makes in that room is a mental projection yeah. of like something he wants or something he thinks he wants so that's just the rose that he has in his brain. Which I guess I guess just looks a lot like the painting, um, because she has kind of like oh, her yeah. eyes her eyes are closed, so if she were to open them, they would have like the same kind of downward cast. Yeah. Um but looking down on him at all times. Oh gosh, you know what? I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the painting is like mounted above looking... the doorway of mm-hmm. his bedroom slash house. Shit, Constantly son. casting a sight down on him at all times. Anyway, um, I love the Charlie Brown reference so much. Um, I knew it was coming. We all did. Yeah. Did we? we? Did. I didn't. It, like it almost seemed like the art style changed a little bit when when it Rose did. set up the football. No, like it definitely did, and like the way Steven is like posed when he's running, that was straight up like lifted from peanuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta say that for me, the big moment though is you know the climax. Um, first, I love the music so goddamn much. Like that no, the heavy music piano. in this episode, like it's always good, but this stands out. No, so the piano like gently escalates, but it's like really intense the whole time, and like it felt like something out of a fucking Square Enix game, honestly, which I love, and I feel like that was probably intentional. Um. It, it's just like like you get to like one of these climactic moments in Kingdom Hearts where you have that boss battle where like the music is kind of soft and sorrowful the whole time. Like that's what like the kind of evil rose sequence was. But the thing I really the thing I really love is like it turns dark, Rose rises, her face is in shadow, she's looking down at Steven, it's ominous, but it's not like she's not yelling at him, she's not admonishing him, like the room just changes how she appears while Steven kind of, like, tries to work through it. Like, she doesn't attack him or anything. Um, She doesn't, like, tell him he's weak or just, like, turn comically evil. It's just, like, Steven considers, like, what if Rose is all these things? And just the way she's presented changes. The the room wants what's best for him like the room the room gives him what what it thinks steven needs the room runs on like lion logic like it's just there until steven says something that triggers it and then it like takes him on an adventure yeah but um like in the in the i can't remember the name of the episode with but the one with evil connie the script like misleads us to think that the room is like trying to coerce steven to tell connie that he has a crush on her but it knows no you need to tell connie that that you liked how the ending of the book was and that all of this um you know is isn't for you it's not what you want you're doing it because you you know you care about what how connie feels so so i don't know that rose uh you know however however fake yelling at steven to get his shit together would actually like 
like help him at all. Like I, I think that it was thematically appropriate for the clouds to start like swirling and turn dark and stuff like that. But it resolves with something that Stephen already knows, which is that Rose, you know, she the the projection was like, do you think that what I said in that video was a lie? That you know I do love you and I am so excited for you to experience life. Um, and he's like, no. So he already knew that that Rose didn't just like leave him behind to deal with her problems, but it was something it was something that he needed help working out, even if even if it was basically just talking with himself. So so Stephen solves his own problems at this point, basically. which is good for him. Also, Big problems. Also, a little side note: going rewinding back a bit, yes. Stephen is like my emotional hero to a degree because. He handled looking in the camera and seeing nothing but blackness when around yeah. him there's co- very contrary like visual stimuli going on. And yeah, so so it's not just Rose. It's the whole room. Yeah, for me personally, if I were to do that, if I were in this room with like beautiful clouds everywhere and like things would like appear in front of me, if I opened up my camera and there was black void, that would scare the ever-loving fuck out of me. <clears throat> that I have big problems with like Well, Steven also did just get uh, kidnapped to a space jail, so perspective. Okay, but like you know, means a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but like still, there's like a difference between seeing big giant space women and I am currently in a void, but the void is lying well, to me. Steven thought he was gonna die. I would think it- I was gonna die. I was in a void. The void scares me much bigger than a giant. Space I mean, Steven's woman. been in the void before, like when the room broke. So. Just the fact that he's not losing ground yeah. probably didn't freak him out. That's he's true, just like, oh, this like, is not camera compatible. The room runs on vampire rules. Okay. My my brain can comprehend a giant space woman. My brain can't comprehend nothingness. Like, nothingness that can actively lie to me. That scares me. If you don't think about it, that sounds really deep and poignant. Poignant? Did you just say Poignant. poignant? It's yeah. in his defense. The G is silence. In his defense, it's a really weird word. But you know the word, so you should know how it's pronounced. Have you only ever read the word poignant before? I've only ever read it. I've never there heard it out loud. Well, for for your information, it's a fucked word, and it's not pronounced poignant. It's poignant. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. See, that's how we resolve things nicely, Max. Fuck you. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, final thoughts, I guess. Uh, this episode scared the shit out of me. It's very poignant. Ten out of ten. Hey. Yeah. On a serious note, like I actually really enjoyed like the main crux of like what a lot of people dislike about Steven Universe is like I said, the whole Steven doesn't ask any substantial questions for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. So like with this episode, like once the zoo happens, everything like well right before the zoo with whole. Steven actually demanding answers from people like this the whole like the whole show seems to be like doubling back on that entire thesis which they built the original first half of the show around and I really love that and like this being one many stepping stones Steven takes in this growth like towards actually wanting to know shit about the world that he lives in is great it's time yeah it's time that he knew you know yeah it's one of many steps and I love it and and the the sentient lying void of a room scares the <laughs> shit out of me, and that is the scariest thing that's ever happened on this show, in my opinion. All right, Max. I wouldn't be friends with the sentient lying void, personally. <laughs> I feel like, you know, once you know 
you can get past it and you can be pretty chill about it. I um I do enjoy this episode. I like uh because you know, I think more than anyone else on the podcast, I'm the one saying for the longest time, I would like Steven to start asking questions about things and like address kind of the elephants multiple in the room regarding everything with the gem war and history. The eight foot tall warlord in the room. Possibly. Yeah. So I like this episode. I like Steven questioning things. Um, and I like that. I, the thing I really appreciate about that co- that uh, climax is that it could have been like super big and over the top and super extra, but it wasn't. And I think that's the thing I appreciate about like Rose just standing there in the air is that Steven is given the time to work things out on his own. And it's just really cool to see because it's an episode where we don't really get any answers, but um, I think for a while now, the show had been kind of going like, what do we actually know about Rose? And I think for us, it's really easy as fans to inflate that in our heads like, oh, Rose is the devil. Rose is evil. Rose was lying <laughs> the whole time. Because I know that the show, they're taking a moment to remind us that Rose Quartz stood for all these things. And this is not the kind of show where there is nothing genuine about that. And I think that's important to remember because it's so easy for us to go like to turn this as dark as we possibly can. And it grounds us as the audience along with Steven. Okay, good shit. Um, I guess my final thought is um, I've been looking forward to reviewing this episode for a while. I kind of agree with you, Max, in that it feels very grounded um, because we had just been on this, you know, uh, space jail adventure. Which is the opposite of being Which on is the, the opposite of grounded, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when it was like I, I think the episode left me a little breathless actually. Like it was it was just like so precise in its execution, um, and so very, very human. You know, like where we, we've all we've all been, you know, making a bowl of macaroni instead of dealing with our problems, you know, like like what is uh, the macaroni that you're making in your life right now. What is the macaroni that I'm making in my life? No, not you specifically, but like the general macaroni that people make in their lives. And on top of that, your mom might be a warlord. Yeah, exactly. That is you the know. biggest bowl of macaroni I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> a massive bowl of macaroni. I don't like this metaphor. I do like this metaphor. I like it a lot. I was thinking about it for a little bit, but like, I just realized this show started off as Monster of the Week, Fun Times with Alien Lesbians, and it's now literally turned into Sins of the Father, but Mother. Yeah, Sins of the Mother, yeah. You know, people keep saying Monster of the Week Lesbians. We didn't really get lesbians until the show started getting serious. I just want to point yeah. that out. Yeah. Like, that did not happen yet. It was speculation at we best. We needed to balance out the uh, seriousness of the show with something lighthearted, like women having sex with each other. <laughs> okay! Okay, Thank you for well, listening to the Ringos. <laughs> I think I'm ready to end the episode on that. This is the Ringo Zone signing off. I'm going to eat my fucking chili now. Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm going to finish my ice cream. Bye. I'm going to continue to make macaroni out of my life. Bye. <laughs>